0: You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family compelled by God's love to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. Our big prayer is this: in Austin, as it is in heaven. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Jake and. I'm just so glad that you're joining us today. It's great to be back together from the men's retreat for the men that were on that last week and then just uh, having an ch- actual worship gathering this Sunday instead of having it canceled like it was canceled last Sunday. It's just good to gather together. I hope you all survived the uh, winter storm and that you're doing all right and all that. But let me just real quick remind you that if in case you're struggling off of that, uh, you know, extra expenses, replacing food that, from a fridge that didn't have power and all that kind of stuff or anything with utility bills or anything like that. Our church has money set aside to, to, to help pay for things like that if you're in need. And so, you know, we're, we're a family and uh, united in Christ. We want to look out for each other, care for each other well, carry each other's burdens. And so if you are hurting in any kind of way financially right now, please let us know because we want to help, Okay. So, but, anyways, it's really great to be uh, gathering together this morning. I'm looking forward to our time as we continue our teaching series on prayer, which we started two weeks ago and then was interrupted. And here we are once again. And in this series, we're, we're calling it uh, Teach Us. To pray, teach us to pray, and this is coinciding with our 28 days of prayer and fasting. And hopefully, you had a chance to begin that this past week. It's kind of a weird kickoff of that without having a Sunday service. But I uh, hope that you've been using that prayer guide, and, and really that's been a helpful time for you. If you haven't, then we have more prayer guides out in the lobby, and you can jump in with us because we're just one week in. We still have three weeks left, so not too late for you. But we are uh, trying to grow in, in prayer, in the practice of prayer during this time. And one of the reasons why is just because prayer was, was I think it's safe to say, Jesus' favorite spiritual practice. And I say that because he prayed a ton. Like if you just take a quick survey from the Gospels, you see him praying and praying and praying. Like if you just take the first half of the book of Luke... Let me just read some of, some of the verses there, some of the things that Luke tells us. Like in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, it says, the news about him, about Jesus, spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. So all these people are coming to Jesus. You think he's a really busy man, next verse. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He made it a priority, he got away. Then if you go to Luke chapter 6, 1, chapter later, verse 12, it says, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you, I, I tried to spend about the first five minutes of the night praying to God, and then I, I fall asleep before I get to amen, but Jesus prayed all night long. Then you go to Luke chapter 9, verse 18, it says, once when Jesus was praying in private, And his disciples were with him, and then you skip down a few more verses, verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter and John and James with him, and they went up onto a mountain to pray. One more, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John Taught his disciples. My point being is that (laughs) prayer for Jesus was a regular, reoccurring, essential rhythm in his life with God. The prayer was woven into the fabric of his day-to-day existence: morning prayers, week weekly prayers, extended times of prayer. It was essence of his schedule. It was a priority in his life, and and it doesn't seem like it was a duty to him. Like choosing to pray all night. I think, I think you just do that because you, 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 it brings pleasure to you. You enjoy time with God. That's how praying was for Jesus. He made time for it when he was busy. He went without sleep for it. Which is why, as a church family, if we're really serious about what we say, that we're a family compelled by God's love to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin, then that has to include praying, right? Incorporating prayer into our life for following Jesus means to pray like Jesus did. Now, here's the thing, and I'm not naive here, and I feel it myself, like praying, it just doesn't come easy to most of us. That for most of us, like praying feels more like, you know, uh, duty than it does enjoyable. For, for many of us, uh, when you, you actually start to try to pray, you make it about 20 seconds and then your mind begins to wander, right? And then, And then if you stay with it, you're praying for like one or two minutes and then and then you feel like, okay, maybe I've kind of run out of all the things to pray for. <laughs> so what, what do I do now? And you check your phone to see what, how long you've been praying. And then, and, then you get check, and then you see the text. And then you're like, all right, well, I better respond to that. And then you're on to social media. And then, and then you're like, wait, you know, 10 minutes has passed. And you're like, oh, wait, I think I was supposed to be praying right now. That, that's That's normal if you feel that way, if that's your experience, I just want you to know I'm not here at all to guilt you or to shame you. In fact, I want to I just say, I think we might live at least in one of the hardest times in all the history of the world to pray. Primarily because of this thing right? Because you have something with you at all times that can entertain you or like you can be productive on or pretend that you're being productive on, right? And like just any of those dull moments when you're waiting in line at the cash register or you have a down minute wherever you are, instead of like taking a time to think and even pray like I think a lot of people did throughout history, we just pick this thing up and we're distracted and it just steals time from us from praying and then when you do pray this thing seems to go off all the time right and so that that interruption like this this makes it harder to pray and if you add on to that just the fact that our, our current pace of life for most of us is just so fast we're just go 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 it's hard to feel like you have time to pray. You're just so busy. And then on top of that, you add in just the secularism of our day and age, which touches all of us and, and really gives a heightened voice to that inner cynic that's in all of us, right, that says, like, is anyone really listening when you pray? Is it, is it feeling like, am I, just, am I just reading a wish list to the sky? And like, when I, when I do see a prayer answered, You start thinking, like, well, was that just coincidence, or would that have happened anyway? Like, those kind of thoughts, all of that right there makes praying really, really difficult. It's not easy for us, and that's just our reality. And it's why, when it comes to apprenticing under Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, praying like Jesus is often a real weak point for us in our apprenticeship, to Jesus. But friends, I just would say, we got to figure this out. We got to begin practicing this to get better at this. And here's why it's because I, I, this is a very pastor thing to say, but I think prayer is like one of the most important things in your entire life. Because what is prayer? Like, what is prayer just on a basic sense? Prayer is. Talking with God. How incredible is that? Talking with God. Or even on a more basic level, prayer is life with God. It's doing life with God. I like what Paul Miller says in in his excellent book, A Praying Life, which I would just highly recommend. But in it, he says this, prayer is the medium through which we experience and connect to God. Talking to God experiencing and connecting with God. I just don't know if there's anything more significant we can do with our lives. And so, yeah, it's worth learning how to grow in this. And if we want to grow in learning how to pray, I know of no better teacher than Jesus, right? Which is why you see in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus' disciples coming to him after he's been praying in a certain place. Saying, hey, will you teach us to pray? It's interesting because uh, they, there's, if you read through the gospel accounts, there's no other time that we see Jesus' disciples asking Jesus to teach them how to do something. You know, like if I was one of Jesus' disciples, I think I would have been asking him, hey Jesus, when you get when you have a minute, can you can you teach me that whole water into wine thing? I would just I would you know I would love to know that. Or or Jesus, can you teach me how to heal the sick? Yeah, I mean that's pretty awesome. Or like to, to help the blind receive sight. I would love to know how you do that. I would I would like to learn that. But but they don't ask him that. It's not recorded in the Gospels, at least. The one question that is recorded is, Jesus, will you teach us how to, how to pray? And I think maybe the reason why they, they asked Jesus that is because they recognized that the essence of all of Jesus' life was based in prayer and communion with God, that everything flowed from that place. And so they say, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? And friends, this morning... That's the question that I want to put before you and, and just ask, like, would you be willing to ask Jesus that question? Jesus, will you teach me how to pray? And I'm going to assume that you're willing to ask that question. And so we're going to look this morning at what, how Jesus answers his disciples in Luke chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke 11, if you, uh, or you can follow along with the words up on the screen behind me. We're going to see how Jesus answers their question, their request for him to teach them how to pray. All right, so let's begin with verse two. This is his response. He said, He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Now, uh, first thing I want you to notice here is that Jesus begins teaching them how to pray by giving them uh, specific words to say. Right? And, and this is really helpful, and it feels really elementary, but I think it's Jesus is a master teacher. He, he doesn't assume anything, so let's begin with the basics. Of, this is how you learn how to communicate, right? I mean, when you were little, how did you, learn to, how did you learn to talk? Was it not by listening to what other people say and then saying the things that they said? I mean, your parents saying, say daddy, say daddy, say mommy, say, mommy, say please. Say thank you. I'm still saying that one to my boys. Say thank you. <laughs> just kidding, guys. The, um, well, that's what Jesus is doing here. Here's specific things to say. Say, Father. Now, that's a big one. Father. See, Father was uh, Jesus' favorite way to address God. It's, it's, it's how he related to God. God is Father. And that he wants us to also relate to God as Father as well. That's why he teaches us to say, Father. But I, I recognize that in today's day and age, and it's really been this way for a few you know, decades, but uh, with the, with the uh, disintegration of the, of the family, many of us have a really messed up relationship with our, with our father, with our dad. And man, that makes this really difficult. I would you not recognize that now if your dad if your dad uh, uh neglected you or abandoned you or abused you or others in your family, I mean it's going to be really hard for you to relate to God as father, to call him father and that feel anything help, like helpful but i, I I want to just encourage you that if if that's your experience, <sighs> lean into this. It, it may take time. It might take a while before you can really call God Father. It might take and require a lot of emotional healing and spiritual healing. But friends, uh, it's worth it every excruciating step because see Jesus he wants you to know that God is your father and he's not a reflection of your father he's the perfection of your father that he's everything you wish your father was and more but when you know that when you know that's who you're talking to when you pray and then it will help draw you into prayer. The uh, pastor, author John Tyson, speaking to this, he says, unless you break the stronghold of false images of God in your mind, you'll never be drawn to prayer. But friends, when when you know who God is, what he's really like, you're going to want to spend time with him. And see, Jesus wants you, he wants you to know That God is your true and perfect father. It's why he teaches you to pray very first word. Father. Um, I'm far from a a perfect father. Just ask my sons. Um, But uh, they, they do know that I love them and that I like them. And they have really good intentions for them. And I think that's a part of why they uh, like spending time with me, even as 14-year-old teenagers. Like just this Thursday, uh, I was able to take camp, got a haircut. I don't know if you've noticed. It's really nice. Um, he got a haircut, I got a haircut, and we went out to dinner together, and it was awesome. I mean, he, just, he just talked my ear off the whole time. It was just about track, and he was starting to run track, and about his... Friends and just telling me just really funny stories and we're just laughing together and just man, just loving being with him, loving hearing him talk to me. Like I loved every single minute of that. Well friends, that's that's like your heavenly father. He loves it when you talk to him. He loves every single minute of it. See, he gave you life. He thought you up. He created you. You're his workmanship. You're his beloved son or daughter. He loves spending time with you. He's the father that promised to never leave you or forsake you, and he keeps that promise. He's the one who loves you and likes you and delights over you and enjoys every minute that he gets with you. See, when Jesus begins teaching his disciples how to pray, he he begins by giving them specific words to say. And that first word that he teaches them is Father. And so, if we're trying to learn from Jesus how to pray, that's a good place to start. And when we know who the Father is, we will be drawn to prayer. Now, in general... The Lord's Prayer, or, or Luke's version of it here in Luke 2 through 4, is, is chalked full of incredible stuff that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because uh, that was supposed to be last week's message. And so we're moving on here. But the, the big thing that I want to point out to you here is just that uh, it's helpful to, uh, when you're learning how to pray, to pray to recite the words of others. So Jesus says, this is how you pray. And he gives them specific words. And so that's a great way. And hopefully, if you were, again, tracking along with us in the 28 days of prayer, the first week, that's what we did. We just prayed the prayers of others and learning how they or others talked to God and just learning vocabulary and learning topics that people would talk to God about. And, again, I really hope that that was a helpful time for you. Uh, you could continue that practice by reading the Psalms. I mean, Psalms is a prayer book of God and the the Bible's prayer book, if you will, and, uh, or reading Jesus' other prayers or Paul's prayers, but that would be a great thing. But there comes a point where uh, you're not only wanting to pray by praying and reciting the words of others, but where you want to actually just talk to God about the the highs and lows of what's going on in your own life and a more Personal kind of way of praying, and uh, we call that talking with God, talking with God, and and that's the type of prayers that Jesus implies His followers will begin praying eventually as He continues His teaching on prayer in Luke chapter eleven. So, look. Let's return to that, starting in verse five. This is what Jesus says. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. I think he probably said it like that. Uh, the door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now, uh, if we only had these verses right here, it would be like, hmm, okay, so what are you trying to teach us, Jesus, about prayer? So God is like an angry, grumpy neighbor who doesn't want you pestering him. Is that what you're saying? No, that's, that's, that's actually not what he's saying. that This type of teaching, according to New Testament scholars, is known as uh, how much more, how much more. And it's Jesus' way of drawing attention to a point. And again, the point is not that God is like a, a, a grumpy neighbor with a do not disturb sign on his front door, but that if you bang loud enough, then maybe he'll finally give you what you need. Now, now his point is that if the grumpy, begrudging neighbor will answer your request, and how much more Will your Father, who loves you and loves hearing from you and has good intentions for you, how much more will he be eager to come to your aid? So Jesus goes on in that vein and says, verse 9, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. And then Jesus returns to this metaphor of the father and the child. Verse 11, which of you fathers, if your sons ask for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, ouch, Jesus, right? Though you're not perfect, though you're evil, even though though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Here it is. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay. Do you see the, the progression here? Jesus starts by teaching disciples to talk to God by giving them these specific words. But then he assumes his disciples will move on to talk with God, talking with our Father in our own words, expressing what we need and what we desire. And so uh, this progression, uh, it, it's kind of like, just to kind of you know, call this out, it, it's kind of like learning how, like, how we learn how to play music, if you will. Like I think again about my son, Camp Pillow. Uh, talking about him a lot this morning. The, um, but my son, Cam, has been learning how to play guitar. And he began by learning how to play the guitar by just learning, you know, the basic chords, right? And then he learned those basic chords primarily by learning how to play other people's music. And so, like this summer, he learned how to play Blackbird by the Beatles, and it was awesome. And, uh, but now, over time, he's gotten better and better. And so now he's actually begun kind of playing some of his own stuff, writing some of his own music. Well, like that's how it is with prayer. And it's really good to learn how to pray by praying other people's prayers, and there's never a time where that's a bad thing to do. Like, I mean, camp at any point in time can play someone else's song, and that's great, just like you can pray other people's prayers. That's great, but there comes a time where you're ready to to riff on your own, right, and start talking to God about the stuff, the highs and lows of going on in your own life. Jesus is teaching us here. That's a natural progression And he's showing us here the ways to do that or how to think about that as as we do that. And so uh, when it comes to talking with God about what's going on in our lives, there there are really three ways to do that. Okay, I say that. There's more than three ways to do that. But today, I just want to highlight the three primary ones, okay? And the first is gratitude, Prayers of gratitude. The second would be prayers of lament. And then finally, it would be prayers of uh, petition or, and intercession, the kind of two sides of the same coin. So yeah, when you're talking with God, one of the great topics to talk to God about or talk with God about is, is the things that you're thankful for. Prayers of, of gratitude. Where, where, you, where you talk with him about the, the good and beautiful things in your life and world. In fact, um, the uh, Ignatius of Loyola, the, the um, founder of the Jesuit order, called uh, prayers of gratitude the beginning point for this kind of interactive talking with God type of prayers. Or to quote another Jesuit, Timothy Gallagher, he says, uh, so far, he goes so far as to say that recognizing God's loving gifts and recognizing God's loving presence through them, summarized by the word gratitude, lies at the very heart of our entire relationship with God. See, prayers of gratitude is a great way to think about praying with God or talking with God because prayers of gratitude are always done in response to what God has done. And so in that sense, you're already in this kind of give and receive kind of conversation with God. God does something, you respond to what God has done for you. God does something for a friend, you respond to what God's done for that friend. You, you see God's presence and, and his love and kindness and how he's treated you or how he's answered prayer, you, you respond to him with gratitude. It's talking, it's a conversation, it's life with God. Prayers of gratitude, it's at the very heart of our entire relationship with God. Because, friends, as the book of James says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from our Father. And therefore, gratitude is a fitting response to our good Father who gives generously. For it was the Father who so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, as John three sixteen says. And it, it's the Father, as Jesus says in Luke 11, that gives the Holy Spirit to us when we ask. See, the Father gives and gives and gives. In fact, in Luke 11, when Jesus teaches us how to pray, he repeats the word gives eight times in these 13 verses. Like, it's a major theme in response to who God is. For that's what the Father does. And so, the right response is to slow down and to recognize God's loving gifts and God's loving presence through them and then to respond, to express gratitude to God. That's a primary way, friends, we are to relate with God. But, not everything in our life, in our world, is the way it is supposed to be. And so that's where prayers of lament come in, where we talk with God about what is evil in your life and in your world. See, the honest truth is that our life and world are both full of things that are not good or beautiful, but are ugly and evil. So what do we do with all of that pain and suffering that we carry in our heart? What do we do with it? Friends, we're to pray it. We're to pray it. I think what Pete, Pete Gregg, the founder of the 24-7 Prayer Movement says, he says, pray what you got. If you have gratitude, pray that. Grief, pray that. Anger, pray that. Many of us, I think we might feel just like that, uncomfortable doing that. I think that's that's because we don't know if we can be that raw with God or we're just so used to like putting on some kind of like mask or something, just pretending things are better than they really are. I love this quote from John Mark Comer. He says, it's an open secret that many Christians find prayer boring. One reason for that is because they aren't actually praying, they're performing. See, we're so used to performing with other people, we edit our thoughts to present a more polished image of ourselves to the world in order to be loved and not rejected and to succeed and not fail. It's like we can't help but carry that way, of acting that way in our own relationship with God. But friends, if you read through the Psalms, What you see is that we are to lay before God what is in us, not what we think ought to be in us. (laughs) We're to bring all of us to the table. Learning to pray is about learning to bring all we are to God because he already knows it. He already knows what's inside of you. I think about Psalm 139 that says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So, what use is it to perform before God in prayer instead of just bringing who you are to Him, even when that is bringing your complaints, bringing your grief, bringing your anger? Biblical scholars tell us two-thirds of the Psalms are lament, prayers of lament. If you read them, you will see that they're full of rage, anger, Vengeance, jealousy, envy, and doubt. Now, why would God put that in Scripture? It's because he knows we are full of rage and anger and vengeance and envy and doubt. And he wants us to know that we can and should talk with him about all of it. See, lamenting is a, an emotional Way, an emotionally healthy way of processing the pain of your life and world with God. To lament is, in a sense, complaining to God. And that's actually healthy for a lot of reasons. One, because uh, he's actually the one that can do something about it. And, and another reason is because... Uh, If you don't go to God with your complaints, then you're going to go to your spouse. You're going to go to your friend. You're going to go to your boss. You're going to go to the Internet. And rarely does that do any good. So we're to let our laments drive us to prayer. I mean, think about, again, Luke chapter 11, when Jesus is teaching us how to pray. What causes the guy to run to his grumpy neighbor's house to ask for food? It was because he didn't have enough food. Things weren't right. They weren't the way that they were supposed to be. And so he's driven to ask for help. And when you lament about the evil and ugliness in your life and world, one of the things that will naturally flow from that is that you will ask for help, which brings us to the third type of prayers when talking with God, prayers of Petition and intercession, where we ask God to fulfill his promises to overcome evil with good. See, petition and intercession, as I said earlier, are two sides of the same coin. Petition is when you ask God to do something on your behalf. And intercession is when you ask God to do something on someone else's behalf. Which, by the way, is, is a saintly, priestly work. Standing before God on behalf of another, another person and, and standing in behalf of that person for God and uh, interceding is, is a form of love, friends. It's a way to carry one another's pain into God's healing light. Intercession, when you pray for others. Petition, when you pray for yourself. Asking God to do something on your behalf. So you both... Petition and intercession are summarized by Jesus' command to ask. To ask. Which Jesus hits on big in Luke 11 when he's teaching us how to pray. Right? I mean, verse 9. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So Jesus teaches us to do this. He teaches us to ask. But what is wild is that many of us have thought about a a problem. Is this true for you? you thought about a problem in your life many times, but you've never really stopped to ask God to do something about it. But as the 19th century Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon said, whether we like it or not, Asking is the rule of the kingdom. We've got to ask. Now, again, this is something that many of us are reticent to do. I've heard some people even say, "Like, okay, I just when it comes to petition, asking God to do something on my behalf, I just don't feel good about that. It feels selfish to pray to God about things I want Him to do for me." And friends, if if you feel that way, I would just say. Um, I think the desire or aim to not be selfish is a really good thing. However, Jesus teaches you to ask. I mean, the, 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 the son who asks the father for a fish, he doesn't say, how dare that guy ask for that fish? No, he says the father just wants to give good gifts to his children. If my, if my kids... If I found out that they they weren't asking me for things that they want or need or desire, it would kill me. Be like, "No, no, it's one of the greatest joys of a dad to be able to say yes to their kid when they ask for something that's, that you can give them and you know is good for them. It's like, yes, I love that. I say yes to things that, I, that aren't good for them all the time as well. Like, let's go get ice cream. Let's go get ice cream. I was hoping you would ask for it. Let's go get ice cream. You know? but this is one of the great joys of Father. God is your Father. He wants you to come to him and ask for him to do things on your behalf. But, friends, you have to ask have to ask. Another reason why uh, many of us are slow to or, or resident to ask for God to do things on our behalf or on the behalf of others, I think it's really the, the big one, is because we're, we're just not convinced that our prayers really make a difference. It's like, well, God's just going to do what he's going to do. So, I mean, and he knows what's on my mind even before I say it. So, I just want to ask. But friends, when it comes to Jesus' teaching on prayer, that is completely the opposite of what he teaches us. Now he says, "Hey, you need to ask." And he's saying it makes a difference. The uh I mean just is that not the point of the Luke 11 story of the grumpy neighbor. <laughs> He's like, if you ask the grumpy neighbor who doesn't really, on, who won't serve you out of friendship, but just out of your shameless audacity, but he'll still do something for you, how much more will your father, when you ask, give you what you need, come to your aid? You have to ask, but when you ask, the father acts. That's great. We have to ask. I love, love what uh, Dallas Willard says, speaking to the lie that our prayers don't make a difference. He says, God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He does not pretend that he is answering our prayer when he is only doing what he is going to do anyway. Our requests, our requests really do make a difference, and what God does Or does not do. The idea that everything would happen exactly as it does, regardless of whether we pray or not, is a specter that haunts the minds of many who sincerely profess belief in God. It makes prayer psychologically impossible, replacing it with dead ritual at best. Of course, this is not the biblical idea of prayer, nor is it the idea of people for whom prayer is a vital part of life. Amen to that. Friends, prayer makes a difference. Things change when you pray. God is moved to action when you ask. You ask, and he opens the door. But you have to ask. Ask. The Reformed theologian R.C. Sproul said, The prayer of his people is one of the means he uses to bring things to pass in this world. And so if you ask me whether prayer changes things, I answer with an unhesitating yes. And friends, I hope that you will come to that conviction too. Because this is what Jesus teaches when he teaches us how to pray. And what that means is that the prayers of petition and intercession that we pray are both a moral responsibility and a spiritual opportunity with, uh, to partner with God to bend the arc of human history and the direction of his kingdom. And so let's pray. Let's talk with God. Praying prayers of gratitude and lament And petition and intercession. This week, our prayer guide is going to help you practice those types of prayer. And I'm praying that as you talk with God this week, as you pray prayers of gratitude and pray prayers of lament, pray prayers of intercession and petition, you'll grow deeper in your relationship with God. And your conversation with him will grow more personal and more enjoyable. As you know, your father is hearing you and loving every single minute of talking with you. So, if you don't have one of these guides, shameless plug, go grab one. They're free. We put them together for you. I really encourage you to pick this up and follow, us, follow along, talking with God this week week two of our our guide so we can practice praying, talking with God. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We invite you to practice the way of Jesus in Austin with us because as we become more like Jesus, Austin will become more like heaven.